It went straight down the middle. Then it started to So just to remind our listeners, the 2024 President's Cup will be contested at Royal Montreal Golf Club, which is celebrating this year its 150th anniversary. Yeah, yeah, oldest oldest club in North America. They had uh, quite a celebration this summer, and yeah. it's a beautiful club. Great membership as a beautiful clubhouse for hosting uh, the event. Uh, they they they're a great club. They're they've really done a great job, and they've been really helpful with us and accommodating with us. And um, you know, it's a big ask for the membership to uh, to have a big event like that, and uh, they've they've been very accommodating. Well, it's a big ask, but they said yes once before. Mm-hmm. Of course, that was 17 years ago in 2007, and, and we don't have to talk a lot about uh, the competition other than the fact that uh, there was a pretty good singles match uh, that afternoon <laughs> involving Mike Weir. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun match that day. I mean, um, you know, we were, we were getting beat pretty handily going into the singles, but I think, you know, in our – team meeting that uh, happened on Saturday night with Gary and we saw the pairings that came out for the singles. Um, I think we all looked across and thought if we can just, you know, get a point, you know, we all looked at, you know, we all knew that we could beat our guy that we're, that we're playing against. And I remember thinking to myself, me in particular, I thought if I can get the crowd going here and, and uh, somehow get up on tiger and, create some momentum for our team. That's, that's what was going through my mind on Saturday night and, uh, give give ourselves some hope. And, uh, you know, I got off to a great start against him. He came roaring back and I was, you know, able to win at the end. But, um, for me, it was just very memorable, like the way the crowd was for me. Um, and yeah, it's a great memory. Um, but still it's a team competition. And I remember, feeling that elation on the, on the 18th green after I, I won the match, but then quickly it turned to looking at the board and seeing the rest of the matches and, yeah. and, uh, we, we weren't going to win. So that, then it became kind of dejected and my, my sense of, of elation of, of beating Tiger was, it was over really because this is, uh, I'm all about the team. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you went three, one and one that competition. I've got to suspect that this being your fourth president's cup, uh, even though you were experienced being at home, I would suspect the pressure you felt was a little different than the first three. Did being a captain's pick at home in Canada, I, I of course had the utmost respect for for Gary Player and wanted to show that I was worthy of the pick. So I was glad I glad I outside of even the singles match against uh, Tiger, I played well the rest of the week in uh, in team competition. It was um, I think the other match I had two wins with Ernie. Ernie and I always paired up well together and mm. I guess I did lose a match there somewhere, but um, Ernie and I really paired up well together that, that week as well. Yeah. So your co-captain experience, of course you worked with uh, these captains, uh, Nick Price in 17, Ernie Els in 19, and then Trevor Immelman uh, most recently in 2022. Uh, can you think of things specifically that you're drawn from one or more of those guys as you go into your own captaincy? I think the thing that I, I've learned is you just have to, you have to be yourself. You know, you, I think those guys, they, they didn't change who they were and their approach. Um, you know, Trevor's a detailed guy and that's how he was. Um, Ernie is as well, but he's, um, his confidence and his air, his aura about him, um, I think made him a great player and also, um, a great leader. He's, he's a calm leader. He's passionate for sure. Um, and, 
I think, you know, I think what I learned is just, you, you just have to be yourself. I mean, um, I think that's, that's the biggest thing I learned. I mean, I'm a very detailed person, so I'm trying to get, you know, all the, all the T's uh, crossed and the I's dotted. So when the competition actually does start, I feel prepared, everything. I feel like I've done everything behind the scenes to, I don't, I don't want to have any regrets. So all that's taken care of. So I can just be myself and, you know, you know, clear the path for the players to do their best. Like I've, I've done everything for them that, mm-hmm. and now it's their job to go out there and play. And our, our job as captain and, and assistant captains to put the pairings together the best we can. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, I'm, I, I tend to be kind of a quiet person, but I'm quite passionate as well. And, uh, so there's, there'll be some talks in there that, uh, that I'll give and, and it'll just come from the heart. I'm not going to, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of preparation there, but a lot of mine is from um, just the passion I have for the game and um, yeah, just being authentically myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck to you as you, uh, yeah. as you lead the, the international team yeah. in that competition. It'd be a great tournament. I think. I do too. We have a lot of really guys playing really well right yeah. now. A lot of wins have happened lately and yep. uh, amongst our international guys and um, it's exciting. Yeah, it's got to be fun to just see some of these guys just sort of pop off the page at you that maybe weren't yeah. weren't on top of that top of mind, but all of a sudden, right. boy. Well, yeah, we have uh, you know Ryan Fox from New Zealand who won the BMW Championship in the European Tour. Minwoo Lee's really making a strong showing for such a young man already. Um, I was looking at the list this morning of the top sixteen eligible right now. There's five Canadians in the top sixteen. I mean, there's a lot of choices. There are going to be some tough choices for me in those uh, six picks. and um, But exciting stuff. A lot of good play. Eric Van Rooyen from South Africa just won on the PGA Tour right. recently. Yeah. Camilla Villegas just won uh, inspired win recently. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys yeah. doing some great things. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about your, your PGA career and, and talked about the majors, talked about team play. At some point, if you were like most guys, you, you get sort of in your mid-late 40s, and you may have a little bit of time frame to bridge to get to that next career, which is going to start at age 50. What was your experience mm-hmm. with that? That bridge time? Yeah. That bridge time was probably the most difficult time of my life, to be honest with you. Right. It was um, not only professionally, but personally. It was, a, a you know, to be honest, it was a very difficult time going through divorce, uh, having uh teenage girls dealing with that. My game was not very good. And, you know, I was kind of caught between like, I knew the effort I need to put into my game to kind of get back, but realizing, um, you know, my girls need me a little bit more. So I, I took a little bit of a step away for a while and took care of things at home first, and then started to try to build my game back and kind of in my, in my, uh, mid to late forties, start playing some more events and, um, trying to, you know, with the eye on the Champions Tour, um, started to try to build my game back as, as uh, you know, my girls started feeling better about things and they were, I felt like they were good. So you get to age 50, you go out on senior tour. Of course, you, you get to see a bunch of your old buddies again and and, uh, mm-hmm. and the competitive juices start flowing again. Tell us a little bit about your first two or three year experience on the senior tour. Uh, it's been great. I mean, uh, you know, I think eye-opening in some ways to, to still the, the level the, of competition that the guys are, are playing, the the work that players put in. Um, guys really still work really uh, hard at their games. The big difference I tell people is, is obviously the distance that the guys hit compared to the, 
the regular tour. But outside of that, all the skill areas of the game are on par with the regular tour. Yeah. I mean, you put Steve Stricker short game against anybody or yep. um, Bernard Longer against anybody in short game, he, you're not going to short game those guys. So um, skill level still really high. So, but it's, it's a lower key atmosphere. It's funner. Um, it's lighter. Um, there's not a hundred guys on the range and agents and yeah. coaches and yeah. you can talk a little bit before you go out. You, you're actually chatting on the range a little bit before your tea time where that never happened yeah. my, my last few years on the Maybe, PGA yeah. tour. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really fun and, uh, good to connect and, and, uh, have a little bit more camaraderie and a little bit more levity than, uh, the regular tour. Yeah. So, uh, I, I know it's hard to predict, but how long you think you might do this on a regular basis? And then what's next for you? Well, I still, I'm still driven and motivated. I still want to play. I mean, this year will probably be much like this year. I, I played probably five or six less tournaments this year than than normal. Um, next year will probably be the same, maybe even more with the president's cup. Year. Yeah. You're going to be busy. Yeah. Uh, it might be, I might play 16 to 18 events where I think, you know, if I played 22 or 23 was, was kind of maybe my first year. You better go back and play on that good golf course you won on though. Yeah. Yeah. I get to play there and, uh, in Houston and, um, do you know who built that golf course? Did you build that one? <laughs> <laughs> you sure did. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No wonder, no wonder I, I did so well on that. Yeah. That was the, the 2021 in spirity that yeah. you won, uh, by yeah. two over Daly Petrovic and David Toms. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was a, uh, you know, it was a, uh, it was actually a very, very exciting back nine. That uh, back nine there, I uh, was, you know, right around John Daly. We were, we were kind of tied, and on that uh, par five, fourteen, I believe, over the water. Uh, 13, 14. Yeah, thirteen, thirteen. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. John was in the group in front and I hit a, a really good drive out there and I'm waiting in the fairway and I see him knock in a 40, 40 foot Eagle putt and the oh, crowd's uh-oh. going nuts. And I proceeded to follow it up with a five iron to about two feet for my own Eagle oh, Ooh, nice. after he walked off the green. So that was, uh, that was actually really fun and, uh, <laughs> you know, really played well the next, the next few holes, you know, played, yeah. played some great golf down the stretch to, to get that win. So, yeah. you know, the, you know, that, 18th hole is a tough hole. You got to play pretty good that last four or five holes. So you got to play. You do. You have to. You got to stand up there. You know, I stood up there with a. I guess I at the time I was tied for the lead, and uh, I didn't know John had hit it in the water on 18 with the second shot. But I stood up there and hit it. You know, striped it right down there on 18 and left myself an eight iron and you know hit it 20 feet or something. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so it was fun. You know, it's fun to get yourself back in the mix. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can, I see myself continuing to play for a while, you yeah. know, the, especially with the, you know, that one guy, Tiger Woods, that could be coming out here pretty soon. That'll be hopefully exciting to compete against him again. Um, he looks like he's moving well and, uh, you know, you know, he wants to come out there and at least, you know, win those champions tour majors yeah. and maybe dabble in a few other events. So that'd be great to see him out there too. Yeah, there probably was a time, wasn't there, maybe 15 years ago where uh, at least the the word on the street was he'd never consider playing as yeah. a senior. And now I think his mentality has changed, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think you hear that quite a bit, yeah. you know, where guys, uh, I think uh, I think Jack, you know, that was the thing Jack and Arnold told him, you know, you know, he, he told Arnold that ah, I'm not going to play that, that champions tour or seniors tour, what it was called back in the day. Yeah. 
And Arnold said, well, that's fine. I'm still going to be playing. So if you don't want to show up, you that's know, fine. <laughs> what, what have you. And sure, sure enough, uh, when Jack turned 50, he, he played the majors and played some others. But, um, yeah. you know, you see, I, until you lose that, that drive and that competition, golf's, golf's a game you can always work towards and keep learning and getting better. You see Bernard, you know, he's always working on something and feels like he can improve, 67 years old. Yeah, it's that, pretty cool. Mm, that's incredible. Well, at, at some point, let's just assume uh, – because everybody goes through. Let's just assume you do lose your drive and <laughs> ambition, yeah. and and now it's time to go to Plan B. What's Plan B for you? Do you know yet? Um, I thought about it a little bit. You know, I have a, I have a great foundation. Um, that I'm very proud of what we've done there. I think um, I probably do a little bit. I've talked to my girls and 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 my wife about doing a little bit more traveling where I'm not taking the clubs with me and exploring some different places around the world that I, I'd like to see. Good. That's something, but I think the kind of person I am, I'd, I'd be, I want to do something, you know, I don't know what that would be. Um, I do enjoy, you know, giving back. So maybe it would be coaching some, um, consulting with players, uh, as they, uh, kind of work towards their own professional dreams. I've always thought like professional golf has kind of lacked that where tennis in particular, they, they use a lot of former players. A lot of the current players use, you know, maybe maybe an expert uh server or a volleyer and they they bring in a McEnroe or they bring in i mean um Djokovic as uh Goran Ivanisevic you know helped him with the serve and you know you, you hear all these things different players and golf's kind of lack that it's getting there's a few more guys now consulting um yeah. that were former players but i think that'll be the evolution of golf as going forward is former players helping out a little bit more because yeah. of the experience yeah, I think you'd make a great mentor uh, yeah. of some sort for young up-and-coming players. Not necessarily an agent or anything like that, but uh, uh, just the aspects that you think you would enjoy. Yeah, and I think I would enjoy that. You know, I I love like being this uh, in this position I am with the Presidents Cup. I mean, when I've been one of the assistant captains and watching these young guys, you know, you know, reach their potential. Um, is very exciting for me. I, you know, when they perform under pressure, when Tom Kim stood up there on that 18th hole there in Charlotte mm -hmm. with the U S team pulling their carts behind and he laced a two iron in there from about 220 to 15 feet yeah. and knocked that putt in right in front of them. I mean, I was just so excited for him, you know, that yeah. boy, that's a step that you know, we were talking about these little steps. That's a little step that he can use in his own career when he gets in contention and major championship. And I just love seeing that. And, yeah. uh, so I would really enjoy uh, helping somebody along and seeing their progression and building their confidence. So, Mike, um, you, you wouldn't get the yeah. criticism that Mr. Trevino has always, always, already offered on many occasions by saying that uh, if the guy can't beat me, why would I listen to him? <laughs> you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't fit that bill. So. So uh, I wouldn't fit that you'd have though. a big supporter in Lee Trevino saying there, you better listen to what Mike Weir has to say. <laughs> the other thing I'll just touch on, Mike, I think you were there, weren't you, at the Canadian Championship this year with that exciting finish? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was incredible was this year it? at the Canadian Open. Nick Taylor uh, doing what he did. Yeah. And, um, yes, I, I was back at uh, uh, at my friend's house watching it on TV, and which was only 15 minutes away from the golf course because I had finished earlier in the day. and. I'm like, something special might happen here. I better go back out to the course. And uh, sure enough, I got back there right when he was teeing off on 18 and was able to watch uh, him come up there. And 
Oh, it was just great. It was a great scene. Great for Canadian golf. Great for him. Yeah. Uh, couldn't happen to a better guy. Nick's a great guy. Yeah. I was happy for him. Yeah, one of the great golf highlights of the year worldwide. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We want to come back to the foundation, but before we do, Bruce, uh, of course, uh, you go through the list of quite a history. awards and accolades that have been bestowed upon Mike Weir. It's quite a list. You bet. 2000, 2001, 2003, Lionel Conacher Award given to Canadian's uh, top male athlete. That was pretty mm, nice. Yes. That was nice. Also uh, appointed as member of the Order of Ontario in 2003 and then went a step higher in 2007, was appointed <laughs> member of the Order of Canada. So you and I have something in common. We have something in common. Mine's not in Canada. Mine's in Australia. So <laughs> <laughs> what, what do they call it? Do they call it the order yeah. there as well? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. You're probably looking up at it right now, Bruce, aren't you? Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, the other thing that was uh, was pretty cool was being awarded the uh, 2003 Lou Marsh Trophy, which I guess is now called the Northern Star Award. Is that right? Oh, is that, I didn't realize they changed that. I didn't either until I just uh, refreshed my research on you, because at least okay. two years ago when we talked to you about it, uh, I wasn't aware of that. But uh, that's awarded annually to Canada's not just male athlete or golfer, it's can, Canada's top Male athlete for all of sports. Mm. I mean, not not male athlete, but top athlete for all of sports, which right. is uh, which quite an honor. Uh, mm-hmm. Larry Walker, Sid Crosby, Steve Nash, Joey Votto, Mario Lemieux, yeah. Wayne Gretzky, Ben Johnson, just to name a few. That's pretty high company there. Yeah, it was. It's a great award, and those are those are great names. We have a lot of great athletes in Canada, and uh, you know, I think maybe I was the first golfer, so that was. Uh, that was pretty special so sure work. because I've always looked at it as an athletic, uh, endeavor. You know, yeah. I've always treated it, uh, as like being an athlete, um, first and, and golfer kind of secondary. Yeah. So, um, that was big for me. Topped them all yeah. off though, Mike, with the 2017 inducted into the Canadian sports hall of fame. That had to be a thrill for you. Yeah, that was a thrill. You know, that was a, that was a great ceremony. And, um, my my current wife Michelle is when we were first started dating, so she did. I don't think she knew what she was getting into, and she got <laughs> got to see what uh, what Canada was all about. She came up to the uh, the ceremony, and uh, my parents and and of course uh, my kids were there. It was it was really cool. So uh, we'll come back to the foundation. Uh, uh, Bruce was always intrigued with anybody that was in the wine business. Of course, at some point, uh, uh, <laughs> you had a connection to a wine business that I guess probably contributed something to uh, to the Mike Weir Foundation. But but tell us about your foundation. Uh, how long has it been in existence? What kinds of uh, uh, things do you focus on in terms of your support? Yeah, the Mike Weir Foundation, I guess it, I'll go back to my early days on the PGA Tour. Um, it goes back to playing in Memphis, and uh, the tour had six or seven of us uh, go to the, the Memphis Children's Hospital there. And uh, that was my first really introduction to what goes on when, you know, a child has, you know, maybe a rare form of cancer, What not only what, what the child has to go through, the parents well. what the parents yeah. go through, the, the, the whole process. and. I was, you know, at, a, at an age there uh, that my first daughter had just been born and luckily enough to be healthy. And it just made me think, like, what, what would I do if, if, you know, I was if our family was was struck with this? And um, 
So I thought, you know, if I'm ever positioned to have a foundation, that's that's where I want to put my my attention. So I started with the you know, a lot of children's charitable uh, contributions. Um, we'd host golf tournaments to help raise money for various things. We were involved with the Children's Miracle Network hospitals for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there's 12 or 13 of those across Canada and uh, every year for a number of years, we do an event at, at, at a different city where the Children's Miracle Net- Network Hospital was right. for whatever they needed. You know, a, a certain hospital might need new incubators or something, and we we do a golf fundraiser to raise some money to, to get new incubators. Or the kids might need a new game room, you know, because a lot of the kids, you know, when they're going through treatment, they have a lot of downtime and they right. might yeah. need a new PlayStation or they might need, they didn't like the color of the room. They want the room painted differently or whatever that might be. So That's great. that was an affiliation we had for a long time. And then recently we've been more involved with children's mental health. And uh, this year we opened uh, in my hometown of Sarnia because there was nothing available there for, for kids who were struggling. So we opened a, a mental health facility um, in Sarnia where kids can, you know, the, the system in Canada is a little bit uh, behind where, if a kid's in crisis, they have to make an appointment. It might be a couple of months or, or yeah. longer till they can get in to see one. And that's just not acceptable. And this is a facility that if someone's struggling, the parents or them themselves can go right in, talk to somebody right away, have a place to get some food. We opened a place called We Are Active associated with um, with this facility where, you know, a lot of mental health, if you can get a kid active, that's, that's, that's a big thing. Sure. So um, these two facilities are... are are really big in our community. And uh, so if we just had the grand opening this summer and it's, it's going well so far. Oh, that's great. I, yeah. I think you're serving a need too, that uh, I think COVID probably exacerbated a little bit. Mm, don't you sure. think? No, oh, no doubt. No doubt. We, there was a big spike in, uh, in mental health um, in general, but children's mental health for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations. Good for you. Thanks. Yeah. Proud of that one. Well, Bruce Devlin, as you know, we always wrap up with our guests with our three final questions, and uh, I always defer to the elder statesman. Well, my first question, Mr. Weir, is if you knew what you know now when you first started to play professional golf, Mm. what would you have done differently? Wow, that's a great question. Um, What would I do differently? Um, I think, boy, I don't know what I would have done differently. I think with what I knew at that time, um, no, no, you're a lot smarter now though. When back then, now you're taking what you know now back then. <laughs> oh, I'm taking what I know now back yeah. then. Um, what would you have done differently? I, I would, I would have definitely probably wouldn't, I, I would have prioritized my, my practice a little bit different. I think back then, because I was just digging it out of the dirt, so to speak, there was all these countless hours of maybe not as focused practice and, and what I not really as much needed pro- to work on. Productivity. Yeah. 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 Not as much productivity. I think I would have gotten through it a little faster with a little bit more organized and what I actually need okay. um, with the knowledge I have now on, yeah. on what I really need to work on. So I think my time management would have been a lot better. So that would have been the, I think that would have probably been the big one. Good. It would have been a lot more productive practice. Yeah. Mike. You're yeah. not, you're not the first guest that's come up with that one, by the way. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah. Same thing about just being more focused and, uh, and as you said, just a, a, a planned out practice, something that, uh, 
you know, because they realized, like for for example, some after they had kids, they realized that they needed to get a lot more efficient with their time. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they yeah. they fell no back doubt. to. Yeah. All right. Second no one, uh, uh, you get to do one golf shot over in your professional career, one mulligan. Mm. Can you think of one that would have really made a difference? One mulligan. Hmm. I think um, one that comes to mind is. Uh, well, two, two that come to mind. First one that came to mind was that U.S. Open at 2006 at Wingfoot mm-hmm. on Saturday. On the, on the 18th hole, the pin was tucked left up on this little shelf, and I was playing really well, and I attacked this pin with a 7-iron, hit a beautiful shot right at it, just took a bit of a hard bounce, and went into the back bunker, and there I was, I was short-sighted. <laughs> Flopped it out, but it was like running away. The, the closest I could keep it was 40 feet. Oh I three-putted from there, made a double bogey. Ooh, yeah. And looking back, if I would have played a little bit more conservatively, taking my chances on a 30-foot putter or something, um, I would have had a lot better chance to, to win that U.S. Open because I was really playing well that, that year in 2006. And the second one um, would be the Canadian Open in 2004, the 16th hole. I had um, – I may have been one shot ahead, um, I believe, going in that hole. I hit a great drive, eight or a nine iron right over the pin. I had a downhill slippery putt and um, – in my head, I thought if I make this 15 footer, 16, 18 footer, whatever it was, there's no way anybody could beat me because 17th and 18th holes par five. And I got a little aggressive with that first putt and it ran three feet by and I missed it coming back three or four feet by and I missed it coming back and three putted. So if I had that putt to do over again, I would have just <laughs> hit it with some, the proper pace just goes to show you when you're a little overconfident sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, it can, can show up to bite you, and I ended up losing to a, in a playoff to VJ that year. But that putt, if I would have just cozied it down there, maybe things would have been different. Yeah. Well, I can tell you on that shot at Shinnecock, and Bruce, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Mr. Hogan would have scolded him for that. Yes, he would have. Pin with a seven iron. Yes, he would have. Yeah. 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 That was one. I was I was feeling so good, and it was such a beautiful shot. I mean, it was. It couldn't have landed, any, I thought, any better. I had the right touch to it, but still landed hard. U.S. Open green, it landed a little harder and just got into the back bunker, which was a no-no. Okay, last question. <laughs> How would you like Mike Weir to be remembered? Oh, wow. How would I like to be remembered? Um, I guess I'd like to be remembered that uh, as uh, you know, a tough competitor, but um, I think more importantly, I think um, – I want to be remembered as a, as a good father to my kids and someone that um, was good around his friends um, that had a big circle of friends and family that, um, that uh, was, was most important to me. Golf. I want golf to be golf's very important, but secondary. Um, and that I think that's more important to me than, than, uh, what I did on the golf course. Well, Mike and I will remember something, and that is the time that you spent with us today. It's been our pleasure to have you, Mike Weir, and uh, thanks for your time, and and uh, play good on the senior tour, buddy. I uh, appreciate it, Bruce. Mike, thanks. Appreciate it, guys. 
Yeah, thanks Enjoyed for uh, getting back to us to tell the rest of your story. That was fun. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of For the Good of the Game. And please, wherever you listen to your podcast on Apple and Spotify, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, spread the word, and tell your friends. Until we tee it up again, for the good of the game, so long, everybody. Whack down the fairway, it went smack down the fairway. Then it started to slice just a smidge off line. It headed for two, but it bounced off nine. My caddy says, long as you're still in the state, you're okay. Yes, it went straight down the middle, quite a way.